chance for Mule and Burns. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules. Duke has to put it up at the buzzer. It's good! And the Mules win it. Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule Number Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. And our guest this week is Corey David, who is in his fourth year as defensive coordinator for the Muhlenberg football team. Last year, the Mules ranked fifth in Division Three in scoring defense and made some history on their way to the Final Four, becoming the first team in Division Three history to win their first two NCAA playoff games by shutout. That would be very interesting to talk about in its own right, but instead we're going to talk about something a little bit more weighty, his experience growing up as a Native American on a reservation in New York, and the issues facing Native Americans today. Well, welcome to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast, Corey. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you, Michael, for having me. Yeah, so uh, I think most of us um, in the past few uh, years, and particularly in the past few months, have been well acquainted and, and maybe have learned a lot of things, hopefully, um, about some of the systemic problems and, and, and racial issues uh, associated with, with black people and, and, and people of color, but maybe not so well acquainted with some of those issues as they pertain to indigenous people. And re- really there's kind of a um, shameful treatment of, of our continent's oldest residents by all the countries in, in, in this continent. And you having, having grown up in that in that culture, um, thought you could come in and share some of your thoughts and, and some of the experiences that, that, that you've had. So why don't, why don't you start just by telling us your background, uh, where, you, where you grew up and, and what it was like growing up uh, on a reservation. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, you know, so I mean, kind of looking back at it, you know, I grew up on the Aquazosne Reservation. It's located in northern New York, uh, basically from here in Allentown. You drive about eight hours north. And it's, it's uniquely located, and in, in it's, it's actually in the U.S. and New York State, located in Canada, the pro, in two provinces, in Quebec and Ontario. You know, so it's the only reservation that's in the U.S. and Canada, and, you know, we're kind of separated by three different uh, districts, uh, so New York State, Ontario, and Quebec. You know, where I grew up, uh, it's about over 20,000 people, you know, and, you know, it's, it's a unique population in that, you know, it's mostly Mohawks that live there. You know, I grew up uh, part of the Iroquois Confederacy, you know, and Mohawks, the tribe that I, I, I grew, that I am, you know, and very, still very proud of today. You know, it's uh, definitely, you know, have I encountered racism? I have, you know, growing up as a young athlete, you know, playing hockey, you know, growing, well, living where I did. You know, there was many times, you know, you, you're playing hockey, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old over in Canada, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, Somebody calls you a, a savage, you know, just because of the color of your skin. You know, it, but to me, honestly, I mean, you know, it's one of those ones, maybe I, I could have overreacted, you know, but oftentimes, you know, I was more proud as, hey, you know, if I could get that game-winning goal. And I was a pretty physical hockey player, too, so a lot of times if I could get him along the boards and put a little bump on him, um, you know, maybe a little extra little oomph in it, you know, was my payback. You know, I, I, you know, it's one of those ones where, you know, you, know, you can't educate a person right then and there. You know, it, it's one of those moments where, you know, I'm going to do my best to continue, to continue to do my job. You know, like you were saying, though, you know, throughout time, um, it, it's been, and you don't learn, I guess, enough about in school. Um, you just don't hear enough about it, you know, how people have been treated. Uh, my grandfather did go to residential school, you know, and you know, he never really talked about it much. 
So I do know he went there. Um, you know, and I never really asked a whole lot about it. You know, looking back now, you know, I wish I did. Um, you know, now that you know he's been gone over 20 years, I wish I, you know, I wish I knew more about what happened there. Um, you know, but that was, you know, I think he would if he wanted to tell me, he would have. You know, and you look at it throughout time. Um, you know, you know, just just a few years ago, you know, people all in South Dakota. Uh, we're, we're trying to protect the water, not just for themselves, you know, but for everybody else to drink and, you know, to take care of. And, you know, they were persecuted for it, you know, and a lot of people looked down upon them, you know, just so a pipeline could go through. Those are all the things, uh, you know, I mean, I know there's so much more uh, in the U.S. and Canada. The one probably the biggest thing that I think, you know, just continue need to needs to be on the forefront of awareness, you know, is you know, the missing and murdered um, indigenous women, um, you know, throughout the U.S. and Canada. You know, so that's just something that's always in the back of my mind, um, how I can bring awareness to it. You know, I want to continue to fight that fight, you know, to help, you know, with the awareness uh, of bringing young ladies, young women um, back home to their families. Uh, and, and you mentioned your grandmother, uh, your grandfather, rather. You had mentioned to me that he was separated from his siblings when he was growing up and they were all raised in, in different, different households. That, that... Uh, not even different households, uh, different schools, uh, you know, throughout uh, the U.S. and, and Canada, um, you know, so yeah, so, you know, and that was something, you know, I wish I had more specific times, um, you know, how long they were separated, uh, you know, but, you know, they all, they all got sent to different residential schools and, you know, they all came back, um, you know, probably with their own stories. And again, you know, I wish I could, you know, expand upon them more, but, you know, I just, I, I honestly, I didn't ask and, you know, no one, you know, I wish I would have got more information from it. But that's been kind of part of a, a systematic history in, in, in the last, you know, 500 years plus of uh, just trying to destroy the the indigenous people's uh, culture and, and their their land holdings and, and, and just trying to uh, almost to, to eliminate that that race of people you know it's just one of those ones where you know you look at it yeah i mean it was honestly it was to really eliminate our culture you know you got sent to a residential school either you know from religion you know to learn english you know and to not speak your own language so that's one of those ones where you know that's where they pushed uh, you know from from that aspect and you know i think from the Mohawk uh, tribe back home from in Aquasasne, you know, I think people are doing a great job, you know, trying to con- continue our traditions, you know, continuing to learn the language uh, to pass down to their children and their children pass it down to the next generation and generation after that. Yeah, and, and I think uh, <clears throat> when you first told me that, just a little surprised that that had happened so recently that, yeah. um, you, you know, I think uh, a lot of us may think of this as something that happened, you know, when... Um, Europeans first arrived in this continent, but but to think that your grandfather was w- was affected by by something like this is just kind of mind-boggling. I think. You know, and, and the craziest thing is, I mean, you know, there were still schools open in the, you know, I think the last school was like in 1985 in Canada. So you know, it continued. You know, this kind of despicable treatment of people, you know, continued. You know, for years and years and years. You know, and just recently, you know, it's it's ended. Yeah, and and, and one of the things that kind of has been kind of a result of that is is some of the conditions on 
some of the reservations and the conditions that Native Americans have to deal with that maybe the rest of the United States isn't such a big issue. You just talk about some of the conditions that are big problems in the Native American community. Yeah, I mean, I think where I grew up, I think I was lucky enough. Here's a crazy story, Mike. Probably throughout college, probably even my younger adult day, so many people would be, where'd you grow up? And I would tell them, man, it's like, you always get that question. Did you live in a teepee? Or did you have running water and TV? And it's like, no, I didn't live in a teepee. One, if you read your history books, you saw that where we lived, they didn't have them. And two, I think I was lucky enough where we did. We had running water, we had electricity. We had a nice big satellite TV. But I think we were lucky. There's a lot of reservations that don't have just simple running water. You look at the Navajos, even right now, you know, during this time of COVID, they were one of the hardest hit tribes, you know, for the very fact that, you know, people in the outlying areas of their reservation don't have running water, don't have electricity, you know, so just the simplicity of, you know, washing your hands, you know, during this pandemic was something that they have a hard time doing daily, you know, because you got to supply your water and, you know, if you don't have any, you know, you're not going to do that stuff. You know, and you look, you know, throughout Canada, um, you know, in, in the U.S., you know, there's just, you know, numerous different areas where, you know, people are struggling with, you know, drugs, alcohol, suicide, because they may see there is no light in the tunnel. Um, you know, and hopefully, you know, with my path, with my story, you know, people can kind of see, you know, hey, you know, you, you put your foot to the ground and, you know, you, you just keep marching forward every day, you know, that there is, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned there was uh, about Navajo Nation COVID. There was actually an article in the New York Times last week about how hard hit uh, Navajo Nation was by COVID. There was a stat that in um, in Arizona, where tribes that use the Indian Health Service had a 20% positivity rate from the start of pandemic through July, when the national rate was 7%. And 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 some of the things like like you mentioned, no running water makes it hard to yeah. wash hands. The fact that families live close together, there's so many people living under the same roof, yeah. make, make isolation or quarantine or things like that, uh, you know, just hard, just even some of the basic things that, that, that we do to combat the, the COVID. You know, and 20% might be light just for the fact that, you know, there's probably a lot of people that just didn't go to the doctor. You know, maybe they didn't have the access, uh, the ability to get into, to get tested. You know, so that was one of those ones where, 20% was the people that were tested, you know, how many people were, you know, not tested and, you know, so those numbers we'll, we'll never know. And, and you talked about, um, uh, you know, alcoholism and, 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 and things like that. You know, one of the tragedies of this is that leads to a very high suicide rate, um, especially among, uh, among teenagers living on reservations. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sad cycle, you know, that I think we continue you know, as a community, um, you know, as, as a native community to, to break, uh, you know, it, it's one where, you know, there's a lot of support, uh, you know, within reservations to try to, you know, let to break the cycle, you know, it's just, you know, it's going to take time, you know, there, there's just a lot of obstacles um, that we have to continue to overcome, you know, within, within our people, um, you know, and from the outside world, uh, you know, so it's just, I think young men and women, you know, just continue you know, to get educated, uh, you know, to see, you know, to see the world, you know, get out, travel a little bit uh, and be able to see the world, you know, for what it has and, you know, what the opportunities that are out there for you. Uh, yeah. And, and of course, one of the avenues for you to 
to succeed uh, was sports, and, and, and sports are, are very important to, uh, to the Native American community. Yeah, I think we just saw, you know, just recently, uh, you know, Mike, I know you follow me on Twitter and we just had, you know, the Iroquois uh, lacrosse team, you know, who the Irish, you know, gratefully gave up their spot, um, you know, so the Iroquois Confederacy lacrosse, you know, lacrosse will be able to play in the World Games, and I think it's in 2022, you know, but we've been part of the World Games for, you know, a number of years, and, you know, they were just kind of excluded from it. Uh, but the Irish were willing to give up their spot in it. You know, and that's a way for a lot of young men, um, you know, lacrosse, hockey, football, you know, it's probably a social sport. Uh, we just, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, where I grew up, there's not a lot of teams uh, to go. Uh, we do have one young man who's at the University of Buffalo wrestling, you know, who's a state champion in New York. I think a lot of young men just, you know, continue to find different avenues of sport. Motorsports is a huge, huge, you know, I guess from the fandom um, and guys driving. You know, I think young men and women, you know, can continue to work, you know, on the, you know, we got several young ladies right now that are out playing at Dartmouth, uh, Virginia Tech. You know, so it's just really, uh, really great to see, you know, our young men and women of, you know, Native descent to you know get out there and continue one to pursue education uh two and to be some of the best athletes you know out there your your start in coaching actually came uh through a uh grant you received because you're uh, through a minority grant because you're native american that's correct you know when i was at, at the university of Albany, um i was at the you know at the multicultural i was a multicultural recruit um scholarship athlete at, at albany you know and then you know Five years later, I got to college, uh, and then uh, you know, kind of continued right into my love for the game, and you know, jumped right into coaching. You know, but if it wasn't for that opportunity that the University of Albany gave me, you know, I probably I don't know, you know, what I would actually been doing or be doing right now. You know, and one of the subjects that's uh, you know probably on people's minds, uh, at least who follow professional football, is is sports nicknames. Um, after years and years and years of requests and, and criticism. The the Washington football team finally got rid of its longtime nickname. That has to make you feel good at least that, that there are some people out there listening. Yeah, I mean it, it does definitely makes you feel good. Uh, that a lot of people I think maybe, you know, started to understand, you know, what the term Redskin kind of meant. Maybe it didn't mean much to them, um, you know, but it's one of those ones where you kind of look through history, what the, the, the word means, you know, and it's not a positive thing. You know, I know a lot of people fought it, you know, and, you know, from the owner, um, you know, a lot of people just saying from the tradition of the football team, you know, and I've been, this will be year 30, 31 for me as a football player, you know, from Pop Warner to high school to college and, and a coach, you know, and I played on a lot of different teams, uh, you know, I've had a lot of different nicknames. You know, but I've never been a part of a program, you know, where, you know, people just took so much pride. Uh, I, get, I don't know if I even want to say pride, uh, but, you know, kind of, I guess it is, you know, with the Washington football team, you know, where people almost love to disparage, you know, another culture. You know, and a lot of people, it, it just, they didn't know, you know, I think a lot of people just didn't know what it meant. You know, they just figured, you know, it was like the Atlanta Falcons, you know, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, it's just it's just a name. It doesn't mean anything. It's not going to affect anybody. You know, so it's one of those ones where you know sometimes you know as you look around at things, you know, people are affected by you know by, by your words and by what's out there. You know, and I think you know as a culture, we just got to keep educating ourselves. I, there are some teams. Uh, Florida State is one that, yeah. that that I know where 
the Native American community seems to have embraced the, uh, the, the nickname. Yeah, they definitely, I mean, they've embraced it. They've been, I think, a big part of it. Um, you, know, they, you know, I think it's usually uh, someone from the reservation that rides out pregame, you know, and in Cleveland, you know, with the baseball team. I know things are continuing to move in a positive direction, you know, in, in where, I don't know if they'll get the name, if they are going with a name change, um, you know, but I know they've changed from logos um, and things like that. You know, so that's why I say, you know, there's positive things going on there. I think as, 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 as just as people, you know, we just got to continue to, you know, keep educating ourselves and, and working on, the, on those kind of things. Yeah, and, and no problem with the nickname Mules, right? That's, no, uh, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe a mule might get upset with us, but, uh, you know, definitely I think it's a, it's a strong name. Yeah, and um, you have uh, your parents still live back uh, up in New York and on the reservation. Yeah, they still both live on the reservation. Uh, my, you know, my brother's still up in northern New York. You know, and that, that's you know for for me, that's my my family. That everybody's still up there. So, unfortunately, this year they haven't been able to make any of the uh, ventures down. Um, you know, traditionally, you know, my father will try to get down to a couple of home games. You know, and this year, just you know, with with everything, you know. We, they haven't been able to travel down. We haven't actually been able to get up there uh, probably since last winter at some point before COVID hit. So it, it's been a while since I've seen my family. But a big, a big mule following there uh, last year when, uh, when, when the team here uh, made the run to the final four. You know, that's where one of the beauties, I guess, of social media has been like where, where people, you know, we had a huge following the past two years in 18, you know, in our Elite Eight run and our final four run you know, where the local radio station, you know, people on Facebook, you know, just every week, what's the score, you know, talking to my dad, uh, you know, and just following on Facebook, you know, it was it's really unique how people can be almost seven, eight hours away, you know, and still be your biggest fan. Uh, we're talking with, uh, with, with Corey David, who grew up on the uh, uh, Akwazasne Reservation, did I pronounce that? Yep, right? you got it. All right. Uh, in, in, in upstate New York, and, and want to thank you for your time today in, in talking about you know your background as a Native American, and 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 some of the issues that that face Native Americans today, and and you know I think I think the positive thing I think I think sports, uh, you know as you mentioned I think that's been a very a very positive thing for mm-hmm. for Native Americans, and and you know I think we all know sports can bring communities together, and and maybe uh, in a small way the the mules helped uh, helped a little bit last year. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, yeah, I think you know, I. I... Just feeling the support, you know, definitely helped uh, when you're grinding through you know, the playoffs. It's always great to have support behind you. And and now we'd like to to end our visit with you as we end all of our podcasts. We have some uh, some getting to know you type questions. So first of all, what's your favorite quote? For me, I mean, you know, it, I guess it, it kind of changes all the time. Um, you know, kind of where you know what I'm reading, how I'm feeling a little bit. You know, from seasons to seasons. You know, but really right now, what kind of stands out to me is my favorite quote is being uncommon amongst the uncommon. You know, in a lot of different ways. You know, it's an uncommon time, uh, you know, with, with the COVID pandemic, uh, you know, just the way we are on campus, you know, limited students. You know, I've talked to our players, uh, you know, just was a week or two ago, I've had a tweet, you know, talk about being uncommon. You know, because, I mean, right now we're one of, you know, I want two football teams in our conference that's practicing. So, I mean, we got to continue to push ourselves to be even more uncommon than the uncommon. You know, how can we be better than that next man? You know, we continue to stay in the fight and push forward. Uh, if you weren't a football coach, what would you be doing? You know, you sent me that and I, I, I thought about it and I really don't know. Um, I, I've, I've been a football coach my whole life other than maybe a month or two. 
Um, I, I did look uh, into something else. I, I did not like it. I mean, I guess really, if I had to look at it fictionally, you know, I'd be like J John Dutton out in Yellowstone, be a Montana ranch hand. Um, and, you know, that's, I guess, my fantasy fiction look at it. Because I don't know what else I would do, uh, to be honest, Mike. I mean, it, it's it's an amazing, you know, Coach Millen and I always talk about it. You know, this isn't really a job. You know, it's something we love to do. We work hard doing it. You know, so I don't know what else I would honestly be doing, maybe. But, like, yeah, I mean, you know, living out in Yellowstone and being a ranch hand. <laughs> Who inspires you to be better? Yeah, you know, I mean, right now, I mean, there's just, there's just so many people. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's, you know, you know, I look at it from the football end. You know, I, I try to emulate, you know, the top, you know, coaches, the top defensive coaches out there, you know, how I can make myself better from the Sabins and the Belichicks and, you know, reading up on what those guys are doing, you know, from the leadership aspect, you know, from the military, you know, leadership and things like that. I try to read a lot of how they're able to get their message across into the business world, into the athletic world. You know, my wife, she, you know, inspires me every day. That, that's uh, yeah. that's good that you put that in there. Very very, very good. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Ooh, oh, favorite movie. Um, you know, it, it's one of those ones where you look at it right now, and it, it, it's always a favorite of mine is uh, Miracle. You know, just the Herb Brooks message, and you know the whole the whole movie. You you you're on the edge of your seat, even though you know what the outcome. You know, I could watch it tonight. Um, you know, I know what I know what what happens to the U.S. team. You know, but it's just it's it's so exciting. It, you know, to see the team come together. Bond is one to beat, you know, the Russian Soviet team, and you know, it, it just it's to me it gets me every time. You know, that and Rudy, you know, are two things. You know, just the other night watched Rudy, and you know, still get emotional with that. Yeah, as a hockey, growing up as a hockey player in the in in New York, I guess uh, Miracle would really you would really be able to relate yeah. to Miracle. And I've even you know, I had the, the the 1980 home rink. You know, I had my home rink a couple times. So last question: um, If you could sit down for a meal with any person, past or present, who would it be? Uh, I'm going to give you a two-part question, or a two-part answer here. You know, one, just because they're a recent success, uh, Zach Bogosian and Derek Lalonde, um, you know, we're both are part of Derek's uh, coach with uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and Zach's a player. You know, just kind of would love to kind of get a feel for what they're thinking from, you know, how they handled the, the COVID season, going playing in a bubble, you know, for a Stanley Cup championship, you know, and kind of getting their both their perspective as a player and as a coach. And then ultimately, the one just going over in Seegers into our dining hall and having dinner with our 2020 football team. You know, that would be one of my favorite things to do right now. Well, hopefully we can get to a point where the whole team can can get in a room together and, and, and have a meal together. I think that all of us would, would welcome that. So, Corey David, thank you for joining us on the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Corey David for joining us on the podcast this week. The horrible treatment of Native Americans continues to this day. Just this week, the EPA stripped tribes in Oklahoma of environmental control of their lands, opening the door for hazardous waste dumping and increased pollution on those tribal lands. The first step to change is education, and we hope this podcast and Coach David have inspired you to educate yourselves further on Native American history. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg Office of Athletic Communications with Joe Widener, Zoe Keim, and Marty the Mule. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu or call our pod line at 484-664-4001 and leave a message. We will answer questions in future episodes. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. 
please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. For the latest in Muhlenberg College athletics, please follow us on social media at M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. Until next week, Go Mules!